Welcome to St. Louis on the Air. I'm Don Marsh. Today we go behind the headlines. And it's been the case for weeks. The Missouri headlines have been mostly about Governor Eric Greitens, his infidelity, and the fallout. With me to discuss the twists and turns are St. Louis Public Radio political reporters Joe Manis and Jason Rosenbaum. Thanks, guys, for coming in. Yeah, well, thanks for having me. Chan- Thank you. Chance to catch your breath a little bit. This has been quite a week. Yeah. Where, where do we start? Two do weeks. We... Two weeks, actually, really. Well, yeah, oh, for sure. But it's a lot of moving parts this week yeah. as well. You have something that uh, you've just been hearing about? Yeah, well, I mean, today they had uh, the uh, telephone guy. Um, the House committee. Has yeah, the House that. committee's been listening to this telephone guy, and he's explaining what you can access and what you can't. And uh, I mean, technically, just looking at the technical parts, because they're trying to somehow see if they can find this elusive photo, or at least figure out uh, how he used, because how he used his phone. Because I want to emphasize, there are two prongs to this investigation. It's not just over what he did in the basement with this ex-mistress. It's also a lot of stuff having to do with a telephone app where he is accused of conducting official business where stuff disappears right away. And so they don't know, like, if there was stuff he was hiding, either from a campaign perspective or a personal perspective or, or official perspective. There's also the accusations of, which he has admitted to some degree, of using the donor list of the uh, charity that he founded, The Mission Continues, to help him, especially early on, amass a lot of money. And he initially had denied using it until after he was in office. And then he finally signed something saying, yeah, I did. But then he tried to pin it on one of his campaign aides at during the campaign as being the one who got it. That guy, Jason and I talked to him a couple weeks ago, says, no, this was something that Greitens did. And he told me to do F, Y, and Z. Because I, I want to make clear, there are two prongs to this. The same time the committee was hearing from some explosive testimony one day this week, for example, on, tu- on Tuesday, they've got lawyers fighting with another group of Greitens lawyers like two or three blocks down the street in Jeff City over trying to get some of the governor's financial records. So, And, and the financial records are less about her, although they are looking into whether there were payments to anybody. But I mean, so I think it, sometimes people focus on the salacious stuff when there's really all this other stuff going on. Let's go back to the phone, though. You made the point and it's been made before. All the big deal about the phone. Th- this phone was allegedly took the picture three years ago. Most people. Well, get- we, we don't know that. We have no clue where his phone is from three years ago or the phone that they analyzed. Exactly. Well, was well three that's, years ago. that's the point. That, that's that's what Don's trying to make. Few people, except my beloved husband, probably still use the same iPhone more than three years. This phone that I'm I'm holding up now <laughs> is from I think December of 2015, maybe 2016. But I think most people uh, switch their phones every year or two. Yeah, yeah, it, yeah because every... this stuff is supposed to have been done in March 2015. Right, right. So the chances are, I mean, and Greitens is very political, uh, tech savvy. At least that's the perception. Um, and the people around him definitely are. So the chances of him using the same phone, I would think, would be extremely yeah. slim. Yeah. Yeah. I agree with that. Well, let's move on to some other things. Jason, let me turn to you. It seems that the governor is spending a little money and going on the offensive this week in radio and television ads. Yeah. And he's blaming, like, he's saying, don't let the liberals get away with it. I think that's what it said, Joe, yeah, right? Yeah. And I think he implies that it's Democrats when, in fact— Well, let me, let me, let me say this, because I've been making this point for a while— 
I know why the Greggens political team is doing what they're doing because it it probably makes a lot more logical sense to say it was a liberal boogeyman that set this whole thing in motion than what is likely what really happened is that the reason that his affair was revealed in January, it's becoming increasingly clear, although there's no bulletproof evidence, that it was in retaliation for his decision to kill the state low-income housing tax credit, which is a tax credit that's supported primarily from Republican developers, Republican politicians, and Republican lobbyists. Now, again, we don't have bulletproof information. And, might, and there were other policy differences. I want to make but, this clear that but, he had with Republicans the, the, as well. The point is the evidence is strong, okay? Right, right. And we, we talked about it on the show about the reasoning why that could be strong. And it might be the funding source that Scott Fawn gave to Al Watkins to allow the ex-husband to basically ruin his ex-wife's life, which we'll probably talk about later. But the reason I'm getting kind of indignant about that is Joe and I talked about this, that to say it was the liberals that set this off, first of all, probably isn't true. And second of all, it, it kind of takes away from the fact that Greitens is responsible for his own behavior. And saying that it's somebody else's fault, whether it be the liberals or the tech people, kind of makes it seem like he's not taking responsibility for what he's done. He's channeling Donald Trump, it seems to me, and using a tactic that the president uses. Yeah, but what? But what's different is, in this case, is that I said virtually all the outspoken politicians wanting him out are Republicans. The chairman that they're fighting with, I mean, that Greitens' uh, lawyers were fighting with, uh, who's chairing this special committee, is a Republican. He was one of the early supporters of Greitens. The um, leaders of the House and Senate who are Republicans, they didn't leave town a week ago without first issuing new statements reaffirming that he needs to go. So him implying that it's the Democrats, well, I think some of the Democrats are sitting around enjoying the show, and some of them have called for his yes. his uh, resignation. But the fact is the re- Democrats are so outnumbered in Jeff City. Even if they were all together trying to push something, it wouldn't get anywhere. The reason this is all getting somewhere is because all these people, most of them who are behind the effort to get rid of him, who want him out for various reasons, they're all Republicans. Yes, I agree with Joe on that one. Did the uh, testimony this week between Fawn, the the, uh, publisher, and Watkins, the lawyer, about this hundred thousand dollars plus, shed any light on this? No, on this money because because I I I listened to Fawn and. Um, I'm not going to go so far to say that he ran afoul of his oath that he took, but his his testimony was at best confusing and pretty deceptive. It doesn't make take any joy for me to say that. I like Scott Fawn personally. I've interacted with him on social occasions. I've been on his show. Joe's been on his show. But you listen to his testimony, and no person with a brain could come away with saying he was forthcoming about where he got that money. And a lot of people have said, Don and Joe, why does this matter? Okay. And I get really hot about this. Okay. And Joe's laughing right now, and that's fine. I I am chuckling. I know, because I get a little, I'm a little emotional about this point. Why does it matter? This $100,000 was given to the attorney of the ex husband that told this woman's story of very traumatic events without her consent. It was essentially the ex husband speaking for her. Okay. And I understand that the, finding out the source of this money will not have any effect, potentially, on whether Greitens should be impeached or not. But this may be the only place to find out the truth of 
why this happened. Mm -hmm. And we have both Joe and I have been in other situations where we've interviewed people who told their stories of sexual assault and sexual abuse, and it was very difficult for them to do. So the thought that somebody told this woman's story for her personally makes me very upset and very outraged. And I think the only way that the people that ended up setting this in motion would be held accountable is if this committee, using its subpoena power, finds out the truth. I understand people don't want to know where the money came from. I understand that people think it's a sideshow. But for that reason alone, and I'm speaking for myself here, I think the people of Missouri deserve to know this information. And well, Joe, Joe may have a different take on no, it. No, 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 because, I mean, I'm smiling just uh, out of affection. And I was just kidding around there, but, by the way. But the point <laughs> is, is that they made very clear in the committee meeting while they're pressing uh, Scott Fawn, who he, he acknowledged that we know well, and Watkins, who who are they banding about who might have done it? While some of the names we're not going to get into, they're all Republicans. They're all Republican donors. Basically, you've got one group of Republican donors versus, allegedly, another group of Republican donors. Some who want to protect the governor, some who want him out. Some of it's over uh, positions on issues. Some of them because they're personally upset over the allegations about his behavior. Because the man ran as a family values candidate. And so you've got some Republicans in office, but also some Republican donors who get upset if they think he's misleading. So my only thing here is that when you're watching this TV ad, and you got to remember, nobody's claiming that any Democrats ha- are materially involved. They're just sitting back and watching the show. We have to take a break. We'll do that now and come back and continue behind the headlines with the Eric Greitens story. Uh, Jason Rosenbaum and Joe Mattis with me in studio. We'll continue in a moment. This is St. Louis on the Air on St. Louis Public Radio 90.7 KWMU. Jason, uh, you were worked up a little while ago and mad. I think I can make him even angrier. Oh, yeah. With uh, a discussion about the uh, about the deposition that the Greitens lawyers took of uh, the woman in question here. And that the, the full content of that deposition was revealed this past week, and people are calling it absolutely disgusting. I, I was upset about that, too, because I want to make sure that uh, I just don't want to be, like, selectively outraged about things. <laughs> but I, I also I am also, cognizant of the fact that sometimes lawyers have to do things to defend their client that are unseemly. But as Joe will probably explain, some of the questions were beyond just, like, was this consensual? Was it? Did he take the photo or not? And I, I think that it caused ordinary people to be to be upset about it. If you want to continue, yeah, because I was in Jeff City. I was sitting there for not all of it because some of it you you just had to almost walk out of the room. But they're reading the, the to set the backdrop. They're reading hundreds of pages of testimony that uh, the woman gave in depositions. This was involving the circuit, the now defunct circuit attorney's case. And most of the questions are coming from the lawyers for Governor Greitens. Um, The questions are, many of them were extremely graphic. They weren't just about whatever she and the governor did. And he's acknowledged they had an affair. The issue was consensual or whatever. But um, 
it gets into her personal relations with her husband. I mean, it gets really specific. I mean, they even asked her if she'd seen the movie Fifty Shades of Grey or read the book, and they got into some stuff about her reactions. They brought up these pornographic photos that they claimed were of her. Now, the committee has looked at them. Jason and I actually, through a source, we've seen them. They don't appear to be her. No, I, 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 I looked at them and I don't believe. It's I mean, the because woman. the implication was that somehow she'd set up some sort of website, which she says, and she's a hairdresser. Um, no, she didn't do anything like that. So um, the point is, is that they're the lawyers for the governor are trying to destroy her character. Now that is something that. You know, I mean, can be done. It's a typical tactic in cases like this, rape and sexual assault cases. In some cases. But I think what struck people is that, and there's hundreds of pages of this. I mean, this woman went under test, I mean, was under uh, being interviewed for hours. And they're reading all this stuff. And I mean, it got so graphic. I mean, you know, I mean, a lot of us were like, oh, and even the committee members, the committee members are reading it kind of like a play reading. Why? Why were they doing it? Well, they need to get it into their record. So the only way to do it, I mean, uh, now Chairman Barnes was explaining this, and he's a lawyer, was that either they have the, the committee members or the staff. And he just felt that it would be fairer. He didn't want to subject the staff, their staff, to this. Uh so they're having the different committee members taking turns playing the different parts. And um, so I think also I'm wondering if it wasn't also an attempt by Barnes, and he may disagree with me on this, um, to kind of if the, all the committee members are reading it, they're all paying attention mm-hmm. to what's in it. And he wants them to know what's in it. Yeah, I think that that's a reasonable conclusion, even if Barnes wouldn't say that explicitly. Yeah, because definitely, I mean, because you can see they're extremely uncomfortable while they're reading this. I want to go back to the pornographic photos for a moment because, Jason, you you, you seem to be on the edge about whether or not these are photos of the woman. No, I'm not on the edge. I saw saw the photos and I looked at the woman. I don't believe that they're the same people. Because that's the conclusion I've been reading all week long. No, no. I want to make it – It's not. I want to make it – I was just – I, I may have not made it strongly clear when Joe made her point, but I am I'm making it emphatically clear that from examining the the pornographic photos and knowing what the woman looks like, it's if not you her. her face, it doesn't appear to it, be it, her It's face. not her. Yeah. So I, I need to I don't want to provide any I'm being a little bit overemphasizing here because I don't want to imply any anything else, okay. Don. Now, Just wanted to be clear on that. Yeah, and I talked but, to Ed Dowd, who's one of the lawyers who actually, you know, and uh, about this and Dowd, who I know, said that and he said, we don't know if it's her or not. And he said, that's why we brought it up. I think they brought it up in part, I mean, because of the name of the website and some other stuff that I won't go into. I think they were trying to imply that maybe she somehow set up her own website and put salacious pictures of herself on there. And she says she didn't. And she, and, uh, and And the committee has looked at the pictures, no. and they agree that it's not her. But so it's just part of this tactic. I, I want to shift to something else, though, Don, because yeah. we've talked a lot about the woman testifying and Fawn testifying. But, you know, one person who hasn't testified or spoken to reporters in months, that's, that's Governor Eric Greitens. Mm-hmm. Okay. It, 
I have just as strong opinions about how this story was revealed, about how Greitens has refused to take any questions about this since February. I've said on the podcast that I think that's an affront to representative democracy, that he's not willing to be subjected to questions about his conduct and what he's doing in office. And I think that committee members are getting just as perturbed by the governor's uh, reluctance to tell his side of the story, because the can't, woman has told her story many times. Can't he be compelled to tell the story? Is I, there any subpoena power? To I think that's a good question. Yeah. And I certainly understand the governor's right against self-incrimination in a criminal trial. But the impeachment process is not a criminal trial. It's a political trial. And the more Greitens decides to take this tact of not speaking out about what he thinks happens— because he's denied all these charges. But, Except he admits that he did yeah. have an affair. But, but he hasn't actually answered specific questions about it from legislators of the press. It's going to create a perception in legislators' minds that he has something to hide. And it's not going to convince people that want to impeach him otherwise. I mean, all the stuff about fawn and low-income housing tax credits is going to have a pretty minimal effect yeah. compared to what the governor could say. I, I want to make that pretty clear. Well, see, and they had, it got pretty intense this week, uh, several times, uh, where between Barnes, uh, so the, the committee chairman, and Greitens' lawyers, because they're like, I mean, where the committee members are saying, well, bring the governor over here. You guys are screaming because they want to cross-examine the witnesses. Mm-hmm. So the governor... Um, Lawyers have had at least one or two in the room while they're reading all this stuff. And then it, and then and when these other witnesses have shown up, uh, like uh, Scott Fawn and Al, Al Watkins, who testified live and Watkins being the attorney for the husband. In the yeah. Case. Yeah. The ex-husband. Yes. Yeah, right. And uh, so they were raising a ruckus, you know, saying we should be able to um, cross examine them. Uh, the committee is like you had plenty of time to interview them before and the committee is like well we're afraid you're going to filibuster things and drag this out too long i mean Mm -hmm. they actually use the word filibuster Mm -hmm. so they have told the lawyers that they're welcome to sit there and listen to it but they can't cross-examine them right and i will just say this the kansas city star has just reported that greiton's lawyers want missouri house to subpoena sterling bank which is a bank in southeast missouri that handles low-income housing tax credit Uh, tax credits, as well as Jeff Smith, who is a prominent developer that uses low-income housing tax credits in Columbia. Um, That's actually something that I have suggested that they could do if they really wanted to find the the truth about the money. I wouldn't actually be surprised if Barnes actually – I know that he's been kind of ignoring the rest of the governor's requests, but I do believe that the Barnes and House leadership want to find out where that money came from. I wouldn't actually be surprised if that's one thing that Barnes and the committee actually uh, accept from the governor as a suggestion. Well, and I think we need to make clear there are two Jeff Smiths in this. This this is not the Jeff right. Jeff Smith, the banker, is not Jeff Smith, the former state senator. Yes. Right. Although you know he has had a role in this because he has been a lobbyist. I guess would that be the characterization? Uh, he, he does at work times for them, but for I, low income but, housing. But, but he's not involved in any of this. He's not okay. Jeff Smith, the developers who we're talking about. I actually sent an email to his company asking if he was the GOP donor with the the axe to grind. A week later, I have heard nothing back. On the issue of money, we had a caller, Michael from Webster Groves, who couldn't stay, who said, uh, "Why is there so much attention to the hundred thousand dollars Watkins received versus the fact that Greitens continues to receive donations for his legal defense?" I, I think that's a, a valid question. And, and the committee is 
that's, but, but that's the committee is looking at that. Records, and so. that's why I get a little ornery about the suggestion that the Watkins money doesn't matter as if, like, people can't focus on multiple subjects at the same time. Like, if you've looked at the articles, for example, Joe, me, Rachel Lipman, Marshall Griffin have written – we have we have we have written about a multitude of angles of this story, and the hundred thousand dollars is not what I consider a significant part of that. But just as I want to know who's paying the governor's legal bills and who where where you know his inauguration funds came from, or his politically active nonprofit, which is what we we have we have written so many stories about that, Joe. I can't even yes. count. I don't I don't think that we can just say, oh well, this hundred thousand dollars doesn't matter, especially when it's probably altered this woman's life beyond comprehension without her consent or our wishes. As, as our time begins to wind down, we haven't even mentioned the fact that the uh, the initial case is now in the hands of the prosecutor in Kansas City. Yes. What, what do you make of that, Joe? Well, I think uh, part of it, I uh, without uh, knocking uh, St. Louis Circuit Attorney Kim Gardner, I think, you know, there has been some criticism about how it was handled. I think the fact that it's uh, now being handled in effect by the uh, by her counterpart across the state mm-hmm. who will look at it. We don't know if there will be any charges filed either on this uh, invasion of privacy allegation or maybe other parts of his uh, of the re- relationship that he had with this woman. We don't know. We may not know for a while. Yeah, and I think that's actually key because if you look at the time span that Baker can look at, it's not just the activities that happened uh, when the invasion of privacy allegation came about. It's it's up to September, so I think that in you know you can kind of read between the lines, but Baker could potentially find something else that Greitens is accused of doing and, and charge him with that. Our time is just about up, but to remind all of us. What timetables are at work here? There are some. There are some deadlines, are there not? Okay. Well, um, part of the reason there was a rush on some of this is that um, the initial allegations, but about his behavior, are from March 2015. Um, he uh, kicked off his bid for governor in September 2015. Uh, there's evidence that the affair went on at least to October 2015. Uh, the stuff with Mission continues goes on to the end of. 2016. Now, the committee, uh, the House committee, has has 30 days, but they can extend it. Okay. All right. I mean, and frankly, I wouldn't be surprised if they did. The way things are going, I wouldn't be surprised if that got extended. The special session? Yeah, the special session lasts for 30 days, and I think that it's possible it could be extended. Or they, or they create a new one. Or they create a new one. But I, I, I think if he is voted by the House to be impeached, I don't believe the trial will get underway until at the very earliest July, if not later than that. Yeah, We're going to have to let it go at that. There's so much to talk about. The drama. So little time, as they say. Joe Manis and Jason Rosenbaum, thanks so much for being with us and taking us behind the headlines. Thank you.